Yep, yep, yep. It's me, the Kentucky guy. And I want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Red Pill Her News Podcast. On this episode, we'll be talking a little bit about some major headlines that are going on. As well as, if I can get into it, part of special report number three. Number three concerning Anthony Blinken. Also want to talk a little bit about in this episode, if time persists, the relationships between presidents and how they're actually related. And it all goes back to the royal family. <laughs> yes. Once again, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Red Pill Fair News Podcast. the red pill current news podcast i'm your host the truth finder the truth seeker the researcher the award-winning kentucky guy hey i hope everybody's having a fantastic day today it's a beautiful day here in the beautiful state of kentucky if this is your first time listening to the show be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button no matter which platform you're listening to uh we are on 73 different audio platforms including including iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Apple iTunes, Amazon Music, and the list goes on. Also, for you wrestling fans, I do co-host with Donnie Cage, Against the Mat, a wrestling podcast. We drop two episodes a week there. We talk about pro wrestling, past, present, and future. And sometimes we, we have very interesting guests on as well. Also, if you'd ever like to be a guest on this show or have any questions for me, you can always email me at olkentucky99 at yahoo.com. That's olkentucky, Kentucky spelled out, olkentucky spelled out, 99 at yahoo.com. Also, in the description box below, no matter which platform you're on, we do have all of our social media links as well as the website and our merch shop. So be sure. Sure to check that out as well. Uh, so today's episode is going to be a little bit different. Got a headline, two headlines that I want to go over. And if time permits, I want to go over some interesting things that I've found out about how all of our presidents almost are in some form related and how it all goes back to the royal family. Now, one thing I do say on this show all the time, and this is uh, basically for our first-time listeners, don't ever trust what I say or what anyone else says. Always do your own research. I've, we've done this research. We found it. We made sure, sure that it was factual before putting it out there. However... I think we've went, Americans have went way too, too long in trusting whatever the media says and just going, going with it. And we've, we've got to stop that. We've got to do our own research. We've got to learn to be our own person 
our own news source. That's the only way we're truly going to wake ourselves and our families up to what's happening in our country. And yes, there's a lot going on. The game's still being played. Both of these headlines have to do with uh, Trump and these latest indictments. And uh, yeah, so uh, let's get into it. Our first headline. Now, first headline reads, Trump consistent in 2020 beliefs could hurt the prosecution. <laughs> Miami mayor and Republican presidential candidate Francis Suez said the consistency in former President Donald Trump's beliefs about events pertaining to January 6th and the 2020 election may present a problem for the prosecution. <laughs> when asked by Eric Bowling the balance, if Trump has been persecuted or prosecuted, Schurz responded, oh, I think there's no doubt that he's being persecuted and not prosecuted. Wow, I really, I really like that. Quote, when you look at the last indictment, he adds, you know, you can say whatever you want to say about the former president. But he's been very consistent about his feelings that the election was stolen and the indictment is about what he knew, right? What they can prove that he knew and he was being advised by people that he listened to. And he felt, you know, a compelling sense that the election was stolen. He has never deviated from that. So I think the prosecution is going to have major issues with that. According to the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, a spokesperson from the source team said they were confident he would be eligible for the debate stage. While it's unclear if they're referring to the August or September debates, as media polling group 538 measures it. So far, uh, said on Tuesday, the polling is at 0.1%, which does not qualify Suresh for either debate. So, yeah, so, you know, I thought that was interesting. I, and, and, you know, I wanted to see this is a GOP candidate running actually against Trump who's, who can even see through all the politics and see this is nothing but a persecution. Now, I want to read something from Lindsey Graham that may shock a lot of you listening. Lindsey Graham, I've always been on the fence about it. Sometimes. I think that he is a good conservative, and then other times, he's one of those guys that make me say, huh. All right, next headline, please. All right, here we go. When it comes to getting former President Trump, there are no rules. The Democrats break all the rules to get President Trump. This is from Lindsey Graham. 
Democrats have been willing to do whatever it takes to achieve their goals. And when it comes to investigations of Democratic political figures, the scale always seems to be tipped in their favor. This has taken a toll on conservatives' view of the rule of law in America. The liberal media has no idea how much conservatives distrust the Justice Department and the FBI for their conduct conduct over the last several years. The entire country was told that the Steele dossier was reliable and the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation. The exact opposite of these statements have been proven true. So-called intelligence leaders vouched that the laptop was fake and the highest offices in the FBI and DOJ consistently used the still dossier to obtain warrants against American citizens when they should have known better. The most recent example is special counsel Jack Smith's indictment of President Trump for allegedly conspiring to deny voters their constitutional right to cast a ballot and for allegedly conspiring to prevent the orderly transfer of power. Mr. Smith's indictment is problematic for several reasons. The first obvious problem is the former president of the United States, the Republican, is scheduled to be tried in an overwhelmingly Democratic district of Columbia. Notably, this is a jurisdiction where Trump uh, gained less than 5% of the votes in both the 2016 and 2020 presidential elections. Like every other American, President Trump has a Sixth Amendment constitutional right to have his case heard by an impartial jury. This is simply not possible in a venue where he's overwhelmingly hated and routinely vilified. If there was ever a case involving a political figure that deserves a transfer venue, it is this one. The Supreme Court has held the transfers of venues are warranted if extraordinary local local prejudice will prevent a fair trial. In Delaney versus United States, the First Circuit held that a change in venue was necessary under the Sixth Amendment, where congressional hearings created a hostile atmosphere that prejudiced the defendant. In my opinion, President Trump's case meets the standards of both of these incidents. If this trial proceeds unchanged, it also sets a troubling precedent for any Republican or Democrat officeholders who may be indicted in the future. It will incentivize prosecutors to bring flimsy cases in hostile jurisdictions in order to achieve a legal verdict with a synthetic, political, motivated, and like-minded jury pool. The Smith indictment involves issues of deep political significance and the prosecution shakeup of the American political and legal system needs to be handled in a manner that passes the smell test. Put simply, allowing this case to proceed in Washington, D.C., does not meet the threshold, much less the Sixth Amendment. Number two, there are issues with Judge Tanya Chukans presiding over the case. I do not contest her character, 
or her professional abilities. I voted to confirm her to the federal branch. However, Judge Kukane, a Barack Obama appointee, has already been involved in sentencing January 6th defendants. And in doing so, she's repeatedly demonstrated that she's made up her mind on President Trump and the events of that day. She has handed out harsher sentences than prosecutors requested. She has also suggested that the January 6th defendants did not go to the United States Capitol out of any love for our country, but instead went for one man, President Trump. These comments suggest that Judge Kukan has already declared President Trump responsible for January 6th rioters' conduct even before he has walked into her courtroom. President Trump lawyers may even have grounds to argue that she should be disqualified under the recusal statute. It's an imperative that a new set of eyes handle this case. Number three, Mr. Smith's indictment deprives President Trump of crucial defenses. Not a single uh, co-conspirator from President Trump inner circle who challenged the election and discussed the illegal theories, theories and support of these challenges with the former president has been indicted. This puts President Trump in a terrible dilemma. The exact individuals he relied on to craft his legal challenges have the status of... Uh, Un- unindicted co-conspirators. With this legal cloud hanging over their heads, critical witnesses for Trump, for President Trump's defense, will effectively be in a, uh, unable to testify because they will be compelled to invoke their Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination. If Mr. Smith truly believes that President Trump's inner circle include co-conspirators, he should have charged them. And deciding not to do so, It is obvious that the prosecution aims to take all major defense witnesses off the table and to flip those whom President Trump relied upon during the relevant time period. This legal maneuvering will hamstring President Trump's ability to defend himself, and in effect, it denies him due process. Number four, I think we can all agree that if you're going to charge a former president of the United States, you should be absolutely sure the case against them is airtight. The current case does not meet that standard. It's notable that the prosecution chose to charge President Trump, chose not to charge President Trump with inciting a riot. Instead, charged President Trump with conspiring to defraud the United States. To prevail on this charge, the prosecution must prove President Trump's state of mind, that he knew his statements about election interference were false. According to the indictment, President Trump was told that a member of the voter fraud allegations were false. However, even if the Pope himself told President Trump that he was wrong about the election, Mr. Smith's case is weak, as the president genuinely believes otherwise. After years of wrongful impeachments and the crossfire hurricane mess, the prosecutor could not fairly ignore that President Trump had very legitimate reasons to believe the system had been rigged to his detriment from the moment he decided to run for office. When I voted to certify the 2020 presidential election results from all from from all states, many of my Republican colleagues in the House and the Senate objected to 
individual state results, as Democrats have done in the past, as I often said, I disagree with the legal theories being proposed by the Trump team. However, disagreement on legal matters should not be criminalized, nor can the First Amendment be ignored, as it provides heightened protection for President Trump's political speech during the relevant time period. Instead of acknowledging this and moving on, the prosecutors brought an indictment that stretches the law. And then finally, the election of 1876 demonstrates why this prosecution is unprecedented, unwarranted, and unacceptable. In a close contest between Rutherford B. Hayes and Samuel Tilden, there were claims of widespread voter fraud, including the ballot tampering. Three states, South Carolina, Louisiana, and Florida, sent competing sets of electors that called the result of the election into question. Furthermore, evidence later surfaced of attempted bribery to create these dueling sets of electors. To resolve the controversy, Congress formed a commission that voted to award electrical votes from each of the disputed states to Hayes. Through the work of the Electoral Commission and a compromise to remove troops from the South, Hayes was elected president and federal troops were removed shortly thereafter. Despite some states submitting alternate slates of electors and despite even evidence of bribery, no one was criminally prosecuted for attempting to provide groundless submissions to Congress attempting to defraud the United States, or for any other action related to the election certification. The political process served as its own indictment, and uh, Tidlin was unable to return as the presidential nominee in 1880. Like 1876, election, an indictment here is entirely improper. The American people will have an opportunity to decide when they cast their votes, whether they believe President Trump acted in an improper fashion, they don't need a politically motivated prosecution. If this trial proceeds on its current course, the damage done to the rule of law in this country would be severe, and I fear irreparable. Signed by U.S. Senator Lindsey Graham, represents South Carolina, a Republican. He serves as ranking member of the Senate Judiciary Committee. How about that? I enjoyed that letter when I found it, when the team found it, and uh, it makes a whole lot of sense to me. So we have a lot to talk about. Unfortunately, if you haven't been able to tell, uh, I've been under the weather and I kind of blew my voice out. So I don't want to get, this is such a big deal and such a big, article i don't want to get into it and then have to cut it off or i don't want to talk about it and you guys not be able to understand me uh because of my voice so <clears throat> and i apologize don't know what happened it was fine thought i could do the podcast no problem but life happens anyways you've been listening to the red pill current news podcast And with your host, the Kentucky Guy. And as always, God bless 
and God bless America. Thank you guys so much for listening.